the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Well, let's start off. Let's let's think positively. The difference between stupidity and genius is that genius knows its limits. Albert Einstein. When you cease to dream, you cease to live. That's Malcolm Forbes. Know how to listen, and you'll profit even from those who talk badly. I can't remember who said that. but And then the last one. I have never let my schooling interfere in my education. Mark Twain. So a little bit of humor there. Okay, so I got two things to talk about. Number one, um, I will be bumped next week. Okay, so we'll 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 come back the week after that um, at same time, one o'clock. But we will be bumped. Number two, <coughs> I said something last week, and when I'm wrong, I admit it. You know, so uh, I had three people, uh, two people called in, and uh, one person emailed me, and uh, it was about Bernie Sanders, and I said that Bernie Sanders went to Moscow on his honeymoon in the 50s i was told by all three people that he was at university of chicago in 1967 so it was in the early 70s that he went there um but he did spend his honeymoon there i'm sorry i was wrong on the date so i i uh by the way the communistic situation in in the early 70s was pretty bad still at that point so once again uh if you uh, go to whk 1420 and go to local podcast down to tim hayes there's a whole bunch of stuff you can get. Uh, our the Savvy Investors Credit Workbook, and I tell you, people don't understand that. Uh, you know, you only need credit when you need it, and when you need it, you need it fast. So why not have it? It doesn't cost you anything. Um, you know, but a credit credit access line is a lot cheaper than margin. You don't have to sell any stocks. Just, you know, nothing like that. And you know, sometimes you know you need money when you don't want to sell stocks. Okay, so it's that simple. So it's a great piece. Uh, Global Best Income Ideas, our insights for 2020. Uh, The Secure Act changes. Uh, If you don't know what those are, that was signed by Mr. Trump about three weeks ago. Uh, And it's interesting. Um, You know, uh, a couple other things. Uh, First of all, you know, my Web page, you can get directly to my Web page from that WHK uh, web, uh, their website. If you go to local podcast down to Tim Hayes, you can go directly to my webpage. And a couple things. They have Market Week, which is an update on the market every week. It's amazing how many people don't know what's going on. And uh, also the daily technical analysis. Bob Dickey is, you know, he's won like huge awards, you know. So I'll just say that. I mean, this this guy's good. Uh, We've also been talking about interest rates. Said they'll fluctuate, but they'll stay low for longer. And we've been saying that for eight years now, and we've been right. <laughs> also, we have investment strategy uh, and cybersecurity, some stuff you should know. So, so you know, there we go. Uh, hey, this week, I, I think uh, kind of a sad thing happened. Rush Limbaugh, who I, uh, I listen to quite regularly. I know he's on another station. I apologize. But he did come down with lung cancer, and uh, he kind of set the pattern for a lot of Great. Uh, I mean, uh, WHK has some great, great uh, uh, people on their shows, and uh, uh, Rush kind of paved the way for him. So uh, we wish him our best. Uh, also, uh, the United States has lost almost 1,800 papers since 2040, including more than 60 dailies and 1,700 weeklies. Roughly half of the remaining 7112 in the country. Uh, there's 1,283 dailies and 580, uh, 5,829 weeklies are located in very small and rural communities. Uh, the vast majority, around 5,500, have circulations of less than 1,500. So 
the newspaper is going the way of the dinosaur, unfortunately. Uh, total marketing license revenue for players has shot up in the recent years, about $200 million for NFL players in the year ended February, and nearly double the total in 2017, uh, 2010. According to a labor union filing with the U.S. Department of Labor, the union earned roughly $57 million alone from the Madden video game. Uh, the ML um, Major League Baseball pulled in $61 million, according to the latest union filing. That's about 13% from last year. Here's another thing. Online video services are poised to bring in $22 billion in 2019, up from $16.3 billion in 2018, according to uh, Convergence Research. Uh, that'd be a 37% revenue growth. It'd be pretty significant, I would think. <laughs> there you go. So uh, people were asking me, you know, uh, am I a Republican or Democrat? And I'm a Republican. If you've been listening to the show, you know that. And I thought it was interesting that people are always talking about, you know, how bad things are uh, when I go to some certain parties. And, uh, you know, first of all, the number of drug addicts has declined by 12% this year. It's the first time in 30 years that's happened. Number two, drug pricing has dropped for the first time in 50 years. 50 years. Hmm. Now, you know, maybe it's not all Mr. Trump. Maybe it's, you know, the, you know, the general consensus, but whatever. Now we have the U.S. trade deficit narrowing for the first time in six years. Uh, you know, with the discord with China and all the rest of the stuff, but you know, China's lowering tariffs by $72 million. Uh, that should be interesting, but uh, it shrank by 1.7%. So there we go. You know, uh, 20 years ago, a variable option for fixed income was to clip coupons or hold on the, the, the broad benchmark. Uh, and in 2000, U.S. Treasuries yielded about 6.5%. Uh, actually, you could buy zeros for seven at that point, but which were was more than enough to support clients taking 5% from their portfolio to live on. Uh, and allowing a little bit of growth, okay? Today, interest rates are below 2%, and the U.S. is one of the highest government yields in the world. At 2%, it becomes much more difficult to collect coupons and live off a 4 to 5% distribution that most financial planners will tell you is, is the way to go. In venturing outside the U.S. Treasury to Barclays U.S. Uh, aggregate, uh, you know, you, you can get a little bit better. It's up to 6%. You do two do take a little bit of currency risk, okay? So that that's something you have to think about. Uh, and uh, But it uh, for those seeking income who don't want anything to do with the stock market, that might be a pretty good idea. Now, uh, here's some thoughts going into February. Uh, first of all, the year curve, ha- curve has almost, uh, eh, I think it, it actually closed Friday inverted. Uh, so global uh, growth fears have been renewed because of the coronavirus. And by the way, one of our top picks, or our top pick in the biotech area, are dealing with the Chinese right now. I own a lot of it. Uh, and they have a vaccine for it. Hmm, interesting, huh? Uh, the 10-year yield is now about the 150 range. Okay, so uh, that that's a lot. But uh, could it, look, the bottom of the range is 1.36 from 2016. That's the lowest interest rates have ever been in America. And... Uh, you know, based on what I'm seeing, uh, you know, it could it could be uh, very interesting. So um, so the Treasury yield is inverted. You know, the corporates are not. Uh, but the long end is now, you know, has a lesser yield than the 20 year. So that's kind of interesting. And municipals are still the, you know, the perfect yield curve. So that may be the place to go. But, uh, you know, if I look at the economy, I would say the U.S. economic outlook is steady as she goes. Uh you know, with the Federal Reserve, our rate cuts back on the on the on the radar. That's a question, and we got you know lower yield trends definitely. Uh, corporate strategy, I would say, the outlook is modestly uh, wider for spread for most of those, but not much. Um, look, um, progress on drugs to treat the um, coronavirus outbreak has fueled the third day of market rallies and the, the treasuries are selling, I mean, rallying like crazy. Uh, you know, they, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago that they, they broke out big. Uh, and what's interesting is residential construction. We talked about this this summer. Uh, the, all those ETFs are breaking out. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if we continue, but you know, most of these things are up 20, 25% now since we talked about them, uh, which is a good, good call on our part, I would suggest. 
Uh, by the way, that was uh, not only our guy, but uh, the guy from Funstrat, Mike uh, Thomas Lee, who is a bright guy, by the way. Uh, we get their research, which is, uh, I think, a great compliment to ours. Now, I also noticed with the the market volatility over the past week, I've noticed a couple uh, indicator changes, and probably the biggest, most prominent one is the healthcare sector. Uh, the near-term strength of the space is, is evident if you look at the uh, dynamic asset level investing uh, sector history. Uh, it, it it was the ninth-ranked group, is now the sixth-ranked group. Uh, it's got 23 buy signals, by the way, in a month. Uh where it currently resides, uh, the, the sixth ranked, you know, it's moving up slowly but sure. But the group has demonstrated improvement on uh, almost everything. So uh, something to pay very close attention to, the healthcare group. Um, I, I noticed that uh, Invesco added it to their, you know, their uh, sector, their seven sector model too. So um, Look, uh, market action on the S&P 500 declined uh, by more than 1%, and the the bullish percent turned down. Uh, so, you know, and, and by the way, even after the 1,000-point rally, people are forgetting that uh, during that period of time, oil stocks, basic material stocks, industrials all got hammered. So the bullish percent did not rally back up. So it broke down last week on, on Monday, uh, you know, after a 600-point drop, and then it didn't rally back up. So what I'm telling you is that the stocks that are going up, there's less number of stocks going up, okay? So on the defense, just remember, you want to take a defensive posture. You can reduce your equity exposure a little bit. You can raise some cash. You can hold the strong relative strength sectors and sell the weak relative strength sectors. Hold the leaders, sell the laggards. You know, some people use inverse funds. Some use protective puts. There's a whole bunch of option strategies you can do so you know we just mentioned that so look i I looked at all the domestic equity uh uh, bullish percent indicators and they're all in a column of o's uh s&p 500 the nasdaq the mid cap and the small cap they all reverse down so um you know commodities have by the way have fallen below cash okay so it's no longer you know they were at 195 on october 31st number of votes that they get uh, in the dynamic asset level investing. They're at 125. So the commodities are not a place you want to be. And I just leave it at that. Uh, you know, you want to be very, very careful uh, in the commodity area. Uh, even gold turned back down. Uh, although I think gold look, is the best looking of all the commodities. It'll be interesting. I think that's more of a dollar oriented thing. Now the dollars rallied up a little bit as we told you it would uh, maybe three, four weeks ago. We said we thought there'd be a brief rally in the dollar. It'll be interesting to see if it holds. I think the lack of an impeachment is very positive. Some of the things I mentioned earlier, the the decline in the trade deficit, all that's really good for the dollar. So we'll see if it holds. If it does, we could go a lot up from here. So let's stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the Smart Investor Show. Okay, we're back. Uh, and if you just tuned in, uh, this is a Smart Investor Show, obviously. And uh, um, if you go to WHK 1420 AM and go to local podcasts and come go down to Tim Hayes' Smart Investor Show, it'll take you directly to my webpage, by the way, if you want to go there. But it also has uh, an entire, you know, file of podcasts. So if you, if you hear something on the show, you say, hey, he didn't say that. Yeah, there's no way he said that. Go back and listen. Right, I, you know, I challenge you. By the way, I admit when I'm wrong. So on the show, I admit it. Uh, I just did earlier. <clears throat> so you know, if if you have a complaint, <laughs> call me at the office. In the meantime, if you want to have a cup of coffee and talk about your portfolio, uh, sit down and uh, you know, I could tell you we we've had some wonderful uh, success. We had a uh, a um, meeting last year with Marshfield. You know, Marshfield finished the year up 38.5%. You need, just need a couple years like that and you're on go, okay? Uh, 38.5% they were up. And the year before, when everybody else was down, they were up 2.7%. Not a bad uh, track record. Uh, but we have we have all sorts of wonderfully talented money managers that we can work with. Uh, we have the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, lots of stuff. So if you'd like to sit down, let us know. Uh, you know, I, I finished with talking about 
uh, commodities and, and boy, they're just getting hammered. Uh, and you know, uh, it's, it's funny. Um, the gold stocks have held up pretty well and they, they look really cheap compared to gold. That's I'll say that I'm not gonna tell you which ones to buy, but I would suggest that you, you take another look at that because, uh, if the dollar does start to fall, you know, the commodities have not broken down yet. You know, they've been in a sideways pattern. So they did take it on the cuff a little bit. Uh, but if they reverse back up, it would it would be a quick reversal, I think. So now I think the stock market may be rattled over this uh, coronavirus. Uh, but I think bond yields have a battle of their own. And and um, and that's one be- between inflation and deflation. And. Look, uh, both yields and commodity prices have run up against key support. And, uh, you know, if you look, you take the five-year, for for example, and that trend is still negative, okay? So uh, it's it's below its 12-month moving average, et cetera. And and so you're you're seeing some real interesting things happen with bonds. And if we were to break 136, I think the Fed would have to cut rates again, Uh now, the shiny yellow metal, you know, we talked about that. Uh, you know, if you look at a quick survey of asset allocation, it will indicate while oil has been in a free fall and stocks are testing falling at support, gold and bonds have rallied nicely. Uh, and, if you, you know, you start the clock, you know, I believe it was December uh, 2018 was the market low for gold. Um, you know, and, and I look, I go forward. Gold's been a good place to be. Uh you can see, you know, the two things you wanted to be in this last year was gold and, and bonds. Uh, the TLT, you know, is the bonds, you know, I mean, the TLT was up 21% this year, this last year. So bonds were a good place to be. But if you dig deep, deeper into the gold story from a technical perspective, one of the first things you should uh, recognize is the difference between uh, or difference in, in, in profiles between equities and gold and you know, look, I mentioned this, you know, we're showing if, if I were to show you the uh, ETF of gold, the GLD, and then I compared it to the GDX and the GDXJ, which is the small caps, uh, that's that's a problem. So, you know, gold broke above a serious res- res- resistance level. And just remember, in, in the technology in technical trading, the bigger the base, the higher in space it goes. <laughs> All right. I think Ralph Ampicura uh, told told me that a long time ago. But the, I, I think the key here is that gold at its current levels is, is looking interesting, all right? So I'll just keep that. Um. Now, look, uh, we broke the uptrend dating back to uh, October. You know, back in the first week of October, I said I thought we'd have a melt-up, and people thought I was <laughs> a loon. I had a guy tell me, are you crazy? You know, Trump's getting impeached. You know, the whole kid can I think it was Bert. Uh, Bert, I'm not going to use your last name, obviously, but Bert called me and read me the right act saying, I didn't know what I was talking about. Well, we're up 17% from then, and we've broken down through the channel on the on the Standard & Poor's 500. And mostly it's because uh, I think that, you know, if you look, uh, it's been the oils, the you know, the, the basic materials and the industrials are getting beat up. So, look, I, I you know, I'm going to probably say this like 10 times today, but, you know, the first supports 3150 on the S&P 500 then 3100 then 3050 uh and that 3050 would be a 10% correction cuz we're we're pretty far above the trend line so uh you know people ask questions like that all the time there there's just a big area you know so if you it's actually 3025 to the 3150 actually 3170 if you want to get technical uh area that there's a big gap and you know we could either stop there or whatever. But the VIX, uh, you know, which had been trended around 12, uh, the volatility's come back and hit 17. So what's volatility? Volatility is the uh, is the fear index, okay? So as volatility goes up, usually stocks go down, uh, which is interesting, okay? So, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, with low volatility in the 10, 12 area and then suddenly spiking to 17, how that, how that goes. But I don't think the correction's over, my humble opinion. So, uh, look, I somebody asked me, uh, Tim, how do you feel? You know, how do you feel comfortable uh, going into earnings? And I, I, I'll just straight. You know, look, I, I work a lot with relative strength, as everybody knows. We, I work with Dorsey Wright. I, I do my own stuff in on uh, relative strength, and uh, 
I, you know, I didn't use my own advice this month. So I was looking at a certain stock, uh, General Electric, and uh, the relative strength held up extremely well. And I, you know, going into the earnings and I didn't buy it. It was between 50 and 70 and uh, touched 72 for a while. Uh, and, you know, going into earnings, I didn't buy it. And uh, it's up a couple bucks from there. So I think the, the best method is to look at the relative strength. Uh, you know, for example, if you looked at uh, 3M, and by the way, I'm not recommending any of these. I'm just giving examples. So, you know, 3M, uh, the, the relative strength fell from 70 down to 30 before the earnings. And then it dropped like a brick. So uh, I think that's one of the one of the ways you can never you know you never have insider information or anything like that. But um, the XLY, uh, which is consumer discretionary, I mean I'm looking at uh, the trade setup here, and I I think there could be a, a move coming from that sometime in the near future. But I tell you the, the one that you know was very positive was healthcare broke out of a triangle pattern and and, and rallied up. And now I think it's it's going to come back, not much, but uh, I would use weakness on healthcare to be loading up because I think that's going to be a while. Uh, now, consumer discretionary did had that same triangle pattern broke out and has now come back to the breakout, so it's probably a little bit more timely, shall we say? Okay. Um, you know, um, somebody asked me, you know. What what would you be buying now? And I, I just say defensive plays. I've got, uh, you know, I had a lot of people think I was crazy when I bought Coca Cola several years ago. Said because Coca Cola is never going to make any money, and you know everybody's worried about sugar. And here I have a Diet Coke in front of me right now, and uh, you know it it's, it was a boring stock for a long long time, and now it's breaking out, and I was making three and a half percent for a long long time. Now I'm not recommending it's way up too high, but what I'm suggesting is. Is it defensive stocks? You know, the REITs, the utilities are coming back. Now, how long they'll last, I don't know, but uh, usually in down markets, that's a good thing. So, look, I, I think we have an imperfect oversold uh, equity market right now. And it could be, you know, was it a low? I don't know. I mean, we went down 1,000 points. We came back 945, and we did it all in a week and a half. So, look, I talked about a sharp, fast correction. It was a sharp, faster correction. Now, it might be take a little bit longer this time around. So, um I, I will say this: the equity market internals are pretty oversold. Uh, you know, they're probably more in, oversold than the market indices uh, let let us to believe, and it's mostly in those basic material oils and industrial f- groups. So, you know what to do. Uh, growth stocks still remain attractive, even with the weakness. Um, I think industrials, despite you know concerns of economic growth, still look great. I mean, industrials. They got Commodity prices at lows, they get interest rates at lows, they get labor costs at lows. It doesn't get better for industrials. If they get business, it'd be really good. The materials, uh, there's a couple select names I like, but, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, uh, you could go to a 10% correction here and uh, and still be okay for the long run. Like I said, don't get bearish here. Now, one of the things everybody's asking me about is the 10-year yield, you know, which is at 150, okay? And uh, that's a low number, <laughs> 136 is the all-time low that happened in 2016. Uh, but the, the the daily RSI is, is really, really oversold. So something to think about. And I said the dollar, you know, could get up to 98.4. I think we're at 98 right now. Um, there's a lot of resistance there. So it'll be interesting to see if it gets through there. If it does, things could change. Crude oil, you know, keeps making lower highs. It had a little d- double top and it's, it's, you know, if you look at the daily chart, it broke its support. So it'll be interesting to see if it holds there. It's going to break uh, above 52 again to be uh, a solid citizen. And uh, look, technology has gone off the map a little bit. So you want to be a little bit careful with with energy getting whacked too. So, uh, But safety continues to build positively but unevenly. Okay, utilities, REITs, telecommunication services, et cetera, are are getting more you know uh, playtime right now, and but you're you're seeing uh, generally oversold short term, uh, most notably on banks and materials are close behind. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And like I said, the bullish percent you know which we're going to talk about in the next segment has has turned down. So uh, you know I think what you have to be thinking about 
is, and I'm seeing more and more of this, the money is flowing into the, the food stocks, uh, the, the utility, the utilities have spiked. So I don't know if you want to chase those, the real estate investment trust, there are certain ones that look really, really good. Uh, there's also, uh, you know, food consumer products. And like I said, consumer discretionary has broken out and pulled back to the breakout. So, you know, you got to be careful with the, cause that's a 50, 50 group. The really good ones are going crazy. The, the ones that are, there's a lot of them languishing. So you got to be really careful. Got to look at your charts on those, but that looks like a group that could uh, spring up fairly quickly. <laughs> spring coming around. Can't tell uh, the way we've been <laughs> seeing the snow come down the last couple of days, but the, the important thing is, is that uh, there's more defensive tone to the market right now. So, uh, just remember that as you look over things over the weekend. Stay tuned, then we'll be right back. This is Smart Investor Show. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. I see. You never give me your money. You only give me your funny paper. Okay, we're back. Um, don't forget, next week we'll be bumped. Okay, so if, if I'm not there, don't panic. I'll be there. I'll be there in the next week, um, and uh, we'll be back at the same time at one o'clock. So there we go. Uh, once again, WHK fourteen twenty. Go to local podcast down to Tim Hayes, and uh, you know if you want, you know we have our dividend growth portfolio. We have our prime income list, our ideas for twenty twenty, our uh, global income ideas. Uh, you know, those are all good. And, and our strategy for 2020, uh, those are, you know, that's, it's phenomenal information, by the way, for those of you who are interested. Uh, and I think it's, it, uh, well, let's put it this way. Um, most of these guys are, are fairly good at what they do. Um, you know, I, I was looking at our analysts and I think, uh, over 30% of them are in the top three of their their class. So uh, by rated by the institutions, by the way, who know analysts pretty well. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, we always talk about the bullish percent. And the bullish percent is uh, our risk monitor. And it broke down Monday. Uh, and, you know, uh, we had a 600-point drop that day, if you fail to, rem- fail to remember. And then we rallied up 900 points in three or four days. And uh, so... We went down a thousand and six, and we can rally up nine forty three in in so many days. But the bullish percent turned down, and it stayed down, which is interesting. Uh, we lost three point six percent this week to fifty seven. And why is that important? Because we had a rally up of a thousand points. Okay, so we did not turn back up yet, which probably means there's a lot of stocks in the background that you're not hearing about that are a problem. Okay, so uh, there we go. So what is the bullish percent? The bullish percent is a chart for, that goes from 0 to 100. And uh, when you're in a column of X's, the offensive team's on the field. When you're in a column of O's, you bring the de- defensive team on the field. Now, look, when you get into a column of O's, it doesn't mean you have to sell every stock you have. As a matter of fact, when in dynamic asset level investing, domestic equities are still the best asset class. So... Here, I don't think you're getting bearish. I think what you want to do is just improve your portfolio. If you got a laggard, kill it, all right? Shoot it and bring it back uh, and, and look for something that is a leader. How about that? In the meantime, I think what you want to be doing is, uh, you know, raising a little bit of cash, making sure you understand uh, that, you know, we are in, in a situation where there could be some, uh, uh, you know, ups and downs and, um, you know, Take a more defensive posture for a while. All right. Uh, you know, hold the leaders, sell the laggards, like I said. Uh, look for strong relative strengths sectors. Uh, I'm going to talk about next week. There is a study out about sectors versus market timing. And uh, it's a very interesting thing, and we'll talk about it next week. But look, all three of the bullish percents, the one for the uh, small caps, uh, the one for the world index, all moved into a column of O's. So, it was a general consensus. <laughs> uh, everybody got beat up. And I think that, like, I was expecting a short uh, 
you know, fast correction. We did have it, uh, but I don't think it's over. You know, I, I think there's uh, there's more. And look, I, the beginning of the week saw the broad dynamic asset level investing class. By the way, the uh, folks from Dorsey Wright provide us a uh, change for the first year as uh, cash overtook commodities uh, for sole possession of fourth place. So the top three are domestic equities, international equities, and bonds. Um, the cash asset class has improved slightly since the end of 19, uh, 2019. It gained nine buy signals, which is uh, very positive. International equities has gained uh, 13. Domestic equities, six, but they were way ahead of everybody else. <clears throat> so, look, with the improvement of cash as an asset class, it's, it's not typically viewed as a positive development. All right? Uh, it's important to understand what causes change in rank, and that's a decline in commodities. The energy space has been difficult this year, and I think a lot of it's this. Uh, a lot of people are talking about, you know, what we've been talking about on this show for about a, two months now is this environmental, social, and governance group. Uh, and, and oil doesn't fit that. It does basic materials either. So I guess we're never going to use those again. <laughs> but, they, you know, I talked about last week how the bonds are getting affected. Um, and that could cost, uh, I mean, a lot of these companies could go out of business if, you know, they have to pay a percentage point higher, or half a percent point, uh, percentage point higher. You know, that could hurt them. So, uh, you know, think about it that way. But I looked at the Invesco uh, oil fund, DBO, versus the money market, and it broke down. And then I looked at the Invesco uh, DB energy fund versus uh, the money market proxy, and it still went down. So um, now the one area that we have seen, it's positive in the, in the commodity area. It's gold. You know, gold broke out versus uh, the money market. So uh, it's the only commodity that I see that's positive versus the money market, and I'll just leave it at that. But, I, you know, I looked at most of the indexes, and most of them have had negative um, uh, momentum for a while. Uh, this, the EFA, which is the Morgan Stanley Corporate Index, is the internationally large cap index uh, for international equities, has been down for 11 weeks. But the QQQs have had one week of positive momentum. So what happened is people put money back right where they took it out of, which, you know, I tell you, that that bugs me a little bit, but uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, But the the small caps and the mid caps have been negative for about three to five weeks now. So, but the QQQs have been straight up uh, this year. Um, I mean, they've gone from uh, 184 uh, to 230. So that's a big that's a big move, and you got to remember back in October, uh, they were at they were at one eighty, and now they're at two thirty. So that's a huge move. Uh, but the overbought condition is something you got to think about, and and that's what's important. Uh, you know, if, if I look at these guys, they are one hundred and seventeen percent overbought, and there's a lot of parabolic charts in, in a lot of those major QQQ names. So. I think if there's a correction, it'll probably be uh, concentrated there. Uh, in my humble opinion, uh, you got you know things don't go, trees don't grow to the sky. Let's put it that way. Now, in our sectors, remember I, I'm going to talk about sectors next week, and I think or the week after, yeah, uh, the week after because we're bumped next week. Um, you know, it's important to be in the right sectors. Matter of fact, sector rotation is more important than market timing, by the way. So what we, we dropped from 16 positive sectors to 14 positive sectors. And um, I'm going to look at the positive sectors or the favored sectors. And I'm going to move it. The, I'm going to talk about the most overbought first, and then I'm going to move my way down to the least overbought. So electric utilities are at 85. It's a big overbought. Uh, semiconductors, business products, and software are at 64. Uh, that's still pretty overbought. At, at 60 are building, leisure, and healthcare. Uh, that's overbought, but you know you probably pick some names out there. And at 55, real estate and forest and paper products, uh, another group that you probably pick from. At 50 are computers, retail, and electronics. At 44 are drugs, and at 40 are biotech. And the only thing under 30 is oil. All right, oil's just been killed. I did know that media and tele telephones 
are in bold confirmed status and uh, look interesting. Uh, aerospace and airlines, however, look uh, bear alert. We'll call it bear alert. Savings and loans, semiconductors are that way too. So you want to be a little bit more careful with, that, with those groups. I did notice that uh, software went favored again. Uh, boy, that call we made on software, uh, it wasn't me, Art. It was our analyst. Made it back in 2018. Or, yeah, it was just been a home run. Uh, and by the way, you can check that too on on our podcast. So go to WHK1420 and check it out. But we had a whole bunch of stocks go unfavored, uh, drastically unfavored, non-fairest metals and savings and loans. Uh, just unfavored are autos, transportation, protection services, and steel. Uh, going Moving to average was oil, uh, restaurants, and machinery. So a lot of stock, a lot of groups uh, breaking down. I guess, the, you know, the bright spot is healthcare. Uh, you know, healthcare uh, moved up, you know, I mean, it's in 14th, 14th rank of all the 135 groups, but it had the biggest uh, increase in directional score, which is really what you want to do. Um, and, you know, like I said, the Invesco Sector 7 model added uh, healthcare this week uh, to their model, so that's uh, very interesting. I looked at a couple different uh, uh, ETFs in the healthcare area. Um, and I'm not going to name these, but they're very close to a triple top breakout, which would be very positive uh, in my opinion. I also noticed that uh, – actually, I didn't notice. The guys from Dorsey Wright noticed that uh, Crane Shares, the China healthcare fund, looks like it's very close to breaking a double top after breaking a double top just a couple weeks ago. So some interesting things there. If I looked at international equities um, – uh, the emerging markets are right back at support, so they got to kind of hold uh, right here. They got beat up really bad after breaking out, uh, mostly because of lack of buyers, from what I understand. So uh, we also have the EFA, which is was down drastically from, um, you know, it's down about six bucks from where it broke out. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, while the virus out- outbreak in China is, is certainly a cause to be concerned about the well-being of the economy, I, I think the price movement of most international regions has shown less fluctuation than one might expect, uh, you know, based on what we're seeing, okay? Uh, the fixed income area, like I said, I, the 10-year Treasury uh, yield and the TNX reversed up. That means the yield's supposed to go up, but it reversed right back down, I think, right after that. But the the... If you looked at the Bloomberg Barclays Emerging Markets Local Bond ETF, it's at 6.8%. So it might be that you want to put a little bit of international in there. But, you know, I looked at the commodities, and, you know, for the week, continuous oil dropped uh, 6.65% after dropping 3.2% last week. Wow. That's a, a 10% move in oil in a week. That's that's a big, big move. But uh, finally, gold gave up its uh, positive momentum and turned down. So, uh Oil and natural gas broke down terribly. As far as relative strength, uh, you know, concerns, uh, you know, relative strength is just how a stock conforms compared to something else, and that's usually uh, 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 the S&P 500. So Aon Corporation, General Electric, Penn Gaming, Navistar, KKR, Thor Industries, UST, uh, PTC Therapeutics, Liberty Broadband and Neurobo Pharmaceuticals uh, were all buy signals. On the sell side, Boom, Beezer Homes, Frontline, Fana, Fanauua, uh, Enpro, Napco Security, Rogers, Norton LifeLock, which is not, I don't think that's true right there. That They gave a special dividend. Ruth's uh, Hospitality, Talo Energy. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Uh, you know, this part of the show, we always talk about uh, insiders, and then I give you kind of my take uh, on what I'm seeing. Um, and, you know, I, I, I kept talking about the global best energy ideas, and uh, I couldn't, then a then the, uh, couple names went restricted, and so we couldn't send it out. But you know what? I just keep seeing more and more energy people, uh, insiders, uh Selling stocks. I mean, buying stocks. So, hmm, very, very interesting, I guess. Uh, 
But I do have a lot of insider buys this week, so I'll just uh, go from here. You know, we buy uh, when insiders buy because they're very knowledgeable about their company, obviously. But they also uh, are early, remember that. But we are looking for large insider buys or multiple insider buys. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Wisdom Tree Investments, these guys make ETFs. Uh, Jonathan Steinberg, CFO, but CEO, but $750,000 worth. And uh, uh, another advisor, a chief administrator officer, but 104000 That's the first buy in a long, long time there. So I'll just, you know, that's why I mention it. Um, Mr. Lay Ding, William Lay Ding, reports a, a 5.2 stake in Yo Deo, uh, which is a Chinese company. As of, uh, it's a 5.2% stake as of uh, just the January. Uh, Ocular Therapeutics. I noticed the president and CEO bought 360,000 shares um, and six others bought between 50 and 250. It's a little biotech company. And then uh, Unify, which is, uh, uh, you know, they're industrial goods, textiles, that type of thing. Ken Langone, the guy that started... Uh, uh, Home Depot uh, bought 267,000 shares and he bought 537,000 shares. Then the CFO bought 107,000 shares. Then the executive chairman bought 498,000 shares. And then Langone bought another half a million. So uh, the, the stock was at 28, it's now 22. So obviously, you know, they're buying it uh, for reasons. Uh, also, I noticed that uh, Mr. Lowe. Lokso, uh, who's a director at AT&T, bought $3.76 million worth. And uh, another little biotech here, uh, Seracor. Um, Armistice Capital bought $3.9 million, then bought another million. They, bought, they own 30.4 million shares. So I, something tells me they're, they're positive about the idea. And then Vapotherm, which has been showing up on my charts, by the way, um, three times five partners, LLC, uh, but another 30,000 shares. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but cause it's, it's only $300,000, but they own 3.37 million shares already. Uh, and they've been buying it for the last two months. I also, uh, noticed that Nicholas Walrod, who's a beneficial owner and owns another 3.0 million shares bought some too. So, uh, two, three million shareholders go out and buy it. Something's, something's up, I guess. And then uh, Amaris, which is a specialty chemical, chemical company, uh, is trading around 330. Uh, John Doerr, you should, know, you should look him up. He bought $30,751,000 worth of stock. So uh, very interesting. Here's another oil company. Uh, Mr. Duncan at Enterprise Products uh, bought $5 million, Then he, you know, he bought... Five million last week. He bought another one point three and another one point three this week. Then he bought on Friday. He bought another one point four, and the the co CEO bought uh, five hundred thousand during that period of time too. So um, another oil stock, uh, Vivis. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what this company does. I think they had uh, something for. Uh, I can't remember what it was for, but. Uh, they they had uh, the CEO buy uh, one hundred thirty seven thousand shares and six others buy between twenty and eighty, so that's always good. And Persigen, which is the old Intrexon, Randall Kirk, who was a brilliant guy, he made a lot of money, uh, made a made a billion dollars off of stocks, which I like. He bought uh, five point nine seven million shares, or about thirty five million dollars worth. He now owns eighty one point five. They have uh, some interesting stuff with CAR-T research. And then um, Magic Investment, uh, the chief ex- executive officer, uh, uh, Tim Matke, who's a bright guy, by the way, bought 315,000 shares and 15 others, 15 others, bought between five and 50,000, maybe a name you want to look at. And then Arcus Biosciences. Uh, the president bought, uh, or the, the chief executive officer, I should say, bought three hundred fifty thousand. The president bought two hundred, and uh, the, the chief uh, marketing uh, medical officer bought one hundred forty, and another director bought twenty. Um, 
I, I mentioned La Jolla Pharmaceuticals last week. Kevin Tang bought another 169,000 shares. He now owns $8 million direct. You should, uh, Jen, Mr. Tang's a very bright guy, <laughs> very bright guy. And then um, Pyrrhus Pharmaceuticals, uh, we had uh, eight buyers of 20,000 shares. And Saba Capital LP Management bought more of the Voya Prime Rate Trust. Uh, so they've been buying for a while. They bought another 169,000 shares. They now own 31 million. Um, and then Amazon. Here's well, here I'll, we'll finish up with that. Um, Ziopharm Oncology. We had uh, three people. Well, we had uh, Larry. Um, Larry, who can't remember his name. Larry Cooper, who's the CEO. He he bought fifty three thousand, and then we had a whole bunch of other people uh, buy fifty three thousand. Two more fifty three. I'm sorry, Larry. Larry Cooper bought one hundred seventy three. We had three by fifty three. Three more by 80 and one by 18 at Ziofarm Pharmaceuticals. Okay, so, uh, and then finally, our friends at Amazon, Jeff Bezos sold a paltry sum of $1.854 billion. Chump change. <laughs> so, uh, look, I, I still see the index, uh, the indices pretty high above their uh their trend lines right now so the there are new highs with a potential correction maybe eight nine percent something like that i don't want you to get bearish though like i said i think um you know we've had this short-term sur- surge so this might be a little bit of a double top who knows but don't get bearish you know look at things that you you're not making money on or you don't like uh review your portfolio if you want to review with portfolio with me you know, call me at 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-774. We're right here in Cleveland, uh, and we'll sit down and talk. Um, but I think what you want to do is look at each one of your port, you know, stocks and say, you know, do I own this? I mean, is there a mutual fund that's underperforming? You wouldn't believe how many mutual funds have, have fired managers in the last eight years. So you probably have a mutual fund, and, you know, you know, you heard about the guy – or it was a great fund for a long time, and then a guy went off the rocker or whatever, he might not be there anymore. You know, I challenge you to go and write, right now, write down who the manager is on your, your uh, mutual fund, and then go look it up. <laughs> anyway, so, I look, Bob Dickey, uh, who's uh, our technician, uh, head technician, and it, like I said, he's won more awards. You know, if you, if you were at our meeting uh, last spring, Bob was fantastic. I mean, he, you know, he... He knows how to talk to people. He he brings it down to our level, but he's been talking. He's been showing the same chart for two weeks now, and that chart is you know how far we are over the trend line. So it'll be interesting to see if he's right. Uh, usually he is. It just takes longer than uh, you anticipate. Um, the large cap index is way way above uh, you know where I think it is. That's the XLG. Uh, but we'll we'll see. So, I don't know. You, you never know. You, you you can't tell. But I, you know, the if I looked at, um, you know, portfolios, I would say this: uh, number one, large technology is extremely overbought. Uh, gold still looks good. Oil is a problem. You know, oil made a reverse move with Tesla, and, and you know, I had Tesla the first part uh, of its journey, and then I uh, it looked like it was starting to fade. Uh, so I dumped it, and uh, I did. I missed this one. So I, uh, to all those guys out there that had it the first time, I apologize. But the the key is, I guess, is that uh, as Tesla goes up, oil goes down, which uh, probably means that people are buying electric cars like crazy. I guess, um, although they're only like twelve percent. But the you know, a couple things to remember that the TNX, that's the five year treasury or the ten year treasury, has broken down. Uh, out of a triangle pattern, which usually means it's going, you know, uh, going to be a sharp correction. And um, semiconductors, somebody asked me about those last week. I'd say they're about 10%, 11% above support. So, uh, you know what, you, you probably want to be fairly careful with those right at the moment, too. I noticed there was a lot of downgrades, uh, uh, you know, in, in the semiconductor area um, this last week. Uh, a lot of... 
individual names, I should say, not the whole group, but individual names. So something to think about. So in the meantime, look, what you want to do right now, I think, is, you know, we have a lot of stocks selling off. Uh, so not as many stocks are going up. That's not a good sign. But, you know, why not start to put together a list of good ideas? So uh, our top ideas list is a good one. Uh, the ADRs are holding up better than I anticipated. Uh, the ADR is an American depository receipt. Uh, we have a great portfolio of those. Our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, uh, our friends at Marshfield, uh, they're, they're good too. Uh, so if you want to have a cup of coffee and discuss uh, a wealth plan, you know, most of the people that get nervous don't have a plan. That's my humble opinion. Wealth plans are great because they're interactive. So as soon as, uh, uh, you know, you make a change, I can sit down, you know, and talk with you over the phone and, and we can put it on the computer and you and I see it both, which is really nice. So those are things that I highly recommend. So if you want to have coffee, sit down, talk, uh, you know, that's a, a fantastic idea. I forgot to mention our, our global best income ideas and our, our outlook, our 2020 outlook focus article, uh, it's it's good stuff, and we do have uh, the Secure Act. If you weren't around, uh, they did sign that into law December twentieth. So it makes some changes to your IRA that you should know about. And I keep harping on uh, the Savvy Investors Credit Workbook because it's important. Okay, so for the week, the bulls percent turned down, it did not turn back up yet. Uh, so if it does, I'll let you know. You know, a couple weeks from now because we are bumped next week. We'll be uh, on. On the 22nd, the 15th, we are bumped. So we'll be back on in the 22nd at 1 o'clock. In the meantime, uh, WHK 1420 AM, if you want to have an appointment or any of the information. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.